And here we are again, folks, another Profit Strategies podcast. I'm Tom Gentile. With me to my right, <laughs> my right or your right, uh, Chris Johnson's here. Chris, how, how you, you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. It's another week, you know, another week of selling on Wall Street, right? Yeah, the end of the first week of March. Uh, so I want to focus in two areas on this podcast. Obviously, we talk about the markets like we do each and every week. And, um, you know, I know it's not April 15th yet, but we got to start thinking about taxes. And I started thinking about taxes last night. These are the things that keep me up in the middle of the night. You know, I start, my mind starts dwelling on stuff. And uh, and then I just can't get back to sleep. And this this last night was taxes. And so we'll talk we'll talk about taxes because I went on the taxfoundation.org website mm-hmm. and I know it was a few months old. I'm a little late to the party, but uh, you know, there's some changes coming. We'll 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 get into that. But um let's talk about this week first. So this week uh you said and you know, you said it so eloquently, and we've been talking about it, the sell-off continues. Yes. So yeah. You know, and you look at you're you're great at the pet with patterns. One of the things I pointed out last week is week nine for the market is always weak. It's just one of those seasonal trends. When you look at the last twenty years, week nine of the year, and this one started early because January first was on a Friday, so it's technically last week was week nine. This week feels like it again. I am going back to, and I just did a great live stream um, a little while ago where I was taking some Q and A, and everybody asking, well. You know, why aren't we hedging? Why aren't we hedging? Why aren't we hedging? Why aren't we hedging? And there are places where you can hedge on this. This is a healthy correction, Tom. Or at least that's what I'm seeing so far. Healthy correction. Uh, yeah. And it's hard to really put on a good hedge. You can put a short-term hedge, but the way this market has been with the buy and dippers, you can get buzzsawed on a hedge right now, I think. I mean, you yeah. really got to be tactical in this market, hand-to-hand. Hand I mean, hand. you know, take a look at, um, well, first, two comments I want to make right off the bat. Number one, we've been talking about this pullback for a couple of weeks now, looking at the money calendar. I will say next week we start seeing green on the screen again. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually already starting, uh, you know, as of the end of this week to start adding to bullish positions, trying to get ahead of what I think is going to be uh, a, a the rest of March, I think, is going to be if we flatline or go higher. That's what I'm looking for. I don't think the selling is going to increase, um, but you know, you never know. I mean, we're pattern guys. We're not. You know, I'm not a hundred percent. You know, I don't. I'm not. I don't have a guarantee or a crystal ball. I just do things that happen over and over again. That's what I seem to look at. This, you know, what this market's Achilles heel. What, what, in your opinion, top two or three? What's what's causing this thing to catch a stride right now and take off and run? Oh, um, you know, uh, I mean, there's several little things that are happening right now, but uh, gosh, um, I would have to say, you know, we're we don't we're we're out of earnings season, mm-hmm. and you know, the last bits of earnings really kind of hurt uh, because we got repricing of some things. I mean, I saw last week um, or earlier this week. I saw a lot of commercial real estate getting repriced. And I'm talking about, I'm not talking about U.S. manufacturing. I'm talking about offices. I'm talking about medical offices, strip malls, all getting repriced downward. And so that's causing some uh, some pain out there. And I think that's reverberating, uh, you know, as well as the big thing is that the bond prices have dropped and continued to trade to the low end, meaning that yields have popped up a bit. 
And, and, you know, that's really the biggest thing I think that people are underscoring is the likelihood of inflation rearing its ugly head. And where does that fit into the mix with an already uh, weak U.S. dollar? Yeah, that is I think that you just nailed it. And I'm with you in down in Florida, where you are, actually. I was just down there a couple months ago in Bradenton along the Riverwalk. It's amazing to see the commercial properties there that have been vacant, medical buildings that are just absolutely vacant. And as you said, they're at the point where they're just trying, they're dropping prices. It's a fire sale right now. In some you know, I was, uh, Chris, I was out. My wife and I, we love a good bargain. You know, I mean, uh, no matter how much money that I ha have or will end up having, I was like a good bargain. And we were at the outlet stores and we hadn't done that in a long time. You know what I mean? It's been a year now. We pretty much stay in. Um, but we went to the outlet stores. First thing I noticed, it was like a dust bowl there. There was nobody there. A couple people wearing masks. But I mean, the, 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 the other thing is that half the stores are gone. And it's not the chain stores that actually have their uh, their you know rebranded. Let's throw our overstock to the outlets. It's right. the little mom and pop businesses gone. Right. The ones that are still there, they're begging you to come inside and and look at stuff. You know, mm -hmm. we were looking at some uh, some jewelry, and uh, you know, guys, my wife was looking at a, a necklace. Guy says five thousand dollars. We're looking at. It. He goes, oh, it's ten thousand. I'll give it to you for five. And it wasn't what she was looking for. Honestly, wasn't what she was looking for. Um, and she says, no, you know what? I'm not in the yellow gold. That's coming back, but not for me. We're walking out the door. The guy goes, 4,100. <laughs> oh. and, and my wife was like, oh, boy. You know, there comes a time where all of a sudden, you know, if you're looking at, at, at something of a certain value and all of a sudden it gets cut in half and then 4,100 becomes 3,800. We, we were out the door and the guy was pricing threes. And my wife was like, come on. And she said, I don't believe those are real diamonds because he went so he dropped that fast. And, right. and so but but that's that's a different side story. The big thing that I noticed is it, I said, let's get out of here. And I meant let's get out of the, the you know, let's, let's go someplace else. And, and she said, why? I said, I feel sad here. This is sad. You know, these business owners at no fault of their own. And, you know, and, and, and we live in Florida. This I mean, Florida is an open state. You know, I mean, it's you know, uh, we may not be at 100 percent, but, you know, it's it's one of the states that uh, we didn't close down. Um, and so, you know, I look at Texas and I can imagine what some of these other states, what, what these small businesses are going through. And that's yeah, kind of right. the, the understory that, you know, um, is, I think, eventually going to hit the stock market. I don't disagree. You know what? I cannot resist when you say things on sale. You know, the guy dropped 18% as you were walking out the door. He barked, you know, his auction near, you know, threw down an 18% discount. I can't resist the temptation to go and talk about my clean energy stocks now. Because talk about an area of the market that went on sale. Yeah, and yeah. got just evacuated. I mean, it was fire sale. I'm looking at the ICLN right now, which we talked about months and months ago as being that new technology sector, down 30% since its highs just just last month. Yeah. Just, well, in January. Um, I don't know if you've seen the news, but uh, reported at about 10.15 this morning, Biden administration is going to start up the clean energy loans again. So subsidizing mm -hmm. of clean energy is going to be in vogue here. And I think as part of oh, the yeah. second 100 days. Um, and 
a lot of these stocks grabbed a bottom. A lot of people asking, where's the bottom in place on this? And the NASDAQ 100, you nailed it. Interest rates going up, the tail's wagging the dog. The bond market is telling the Fed, watch out. Things are getting hot here. And we're going to see whether Operation Twist is going to come into play um, as uh, Mr. Powell makes his comments today or, or yeah, on Thursday. Uh, but when you think about it, is this is this turning into something bigger for large cap tech? Is there still a migration that's going? We talk about reopening and opening and looking at restaurants and Carnival Cruise Line and American Airlines. Look mm -hmm. at Chewy.com. Oh, look at, <laughs> yeah, that's one of my wife's stocks. She's been she's been really been uh, uh, hurting on that one. Uh, that and, and even Wayfair. Um, Home Depot. You know, that Home are, Depot that are was mid single yeah. digit moves every day to the downside. Right. So I think this when I look at this market right now to take it to a market view and from maybe 5000 feet, not 10,000 feet up. Sure, you've got the Nasdaq 100, but I think we all knew that Tesla and everybody else had to give up a little bit because they're just crowded trades. Yeah. Now yeah. you've got companies like Potbelly who are looking forward and saying these companies that got decimated, who are now just mm -hmm. trading at right at their March levels from 2020, uh, maybe yeah. even February. This is where the opportunities are going to start to open up and talk about a bifurcated market, a two-channel market. This is it. I mean, for yeah, the I don't traders think, out I, there. I don't think, uh, Chris, on the stock market, it's not going to be like if you don't get in today, you're going to miss it. Because you know what else no. went up this week? The U.S. dollar. And the mm -hmm. U.S. dollar is now trading very close to the highs that were, uh, that were put in at the end of January. Yep. Uh, and so, you know, things could be on sale for a little bit longer. So, um, you know, that's that's something to be said as well. I'll, I'll tell you one area that I think is not going to um, uh, be at levels for very long. Cryptocurrency. So Bitcoin. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, other than the fact that that I had I have to interject to say, you know, as uh, Biden is uh, is opening up the clean energy loans again. Did you see the price of USO today? Uh, I did. <laughs> it yes. went up too. Yep. <laughs> it's like, don't wait, wait for us. You know, the dirty energy guys, wait, wait for us guys. It right. was up too. But, um, you know, I mean, take a look at, at Bitcoin, take a look at GBTC. Um, you know, I mean, the only one that, uh, and, and I talked about it last week, that was way overheated up and needed to drop hard was Riot Blockchain. And uh, Riot came right back down into the areas that we expected it to be in. But I will say this, if Bitcoin goes up and it make it hits those, I mean, it, it flirted with 53 earlier in the week. Um, if it goes, gets above that, gets back up into the 55s, 58s, makes new highs, expect Riot blockchain to be on fire again. And, yeah. and that could become another one of those overheated uh, uh, areas as well. I mean, it's a, it's something that if Bitcoin goes up by a factor, if Bitcoin goes up, riots going up by at least a factor of two, if not more. Yeah. And down. I did a correlation study on the two of those last week just to kind of get an idea because everybody's asking about riot blockchain. And I, I got to add a little bit of props for you. You said $40 and boy, it just tapped $40 and then took off again. But that was a great call on your behalf. Well, thank there you. is a 97% correlation between Bit Bitcoin and Riot Blockchain right now. It is running high. It is seen as the derivative. It's the, if you want to play an equity to get in, it is right now attached at the hip with Bitcoin. So 
yeah, keep an eye on that. And that's 67, I, we talk about 50 to 55,000 on Bitcoin. I did a Fibonacci analysis of it. And that's actually between the 50% and the 62% retracement, the 61.8. So that's that zone where it's yeah. going to be battled out. And once you clear that, open up the gates. And uh, I'll mention something else too. You know, Goldman Sachs is jumping into the live trading desk. Yep. They're, 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 they're going to be uh, uh, live trading desks. They're adding cryptocurrencies. And that means that they're going to be able to open that up for all of their groups. And that would be, you know, those one percenters. Uh, foundations. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the richest of the richest are going to have access to Goldman Sachs. You know, and this is a company that's trading, uh, what, $1.7 trillion it has under management? Yeah. So imagine what's going to happen then. And then, of course... Once they get into the game, others are going to follow. Wall right. Street is really embracing uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. Um, there are several other cryptos. A lot of people say, oh, I can't. Bitcoin's so high. I can't pay $50,000 for a coin. I don't have $50,000. You don't need it. The reason why is because it's fractionalized. You can actually put as much as you want or as little as you want into the coin. And there are other smaller coins that have a, you know, uh, 5x, 10x, even 20x factor to Bitcoin right. that are out there as well. So, yep. Well, it is quite the buzz. Everybody is all over it. I mean, it is it's one of the hot things. Two you weeks ago, all-time high. Last week, big monster pullback as we went from 58,000 down to around 43. And then, boom, we're back up above 50 again. You know, we're, and now, you know, the, the guns are looking at, and if I look at the longer term chart, you don't even have to look at a long term chart, just look at a 30 day chart. And you can just see that the next area on the horizon, based on the pullback we saw, you know, if you take that, uh, let's call it a $15,000 pullback and you add that 15,000 to 58, that puts you up into the 70s. Uh, as uh, as the next area of we're going to call it a, a Fibonacci extension there that you go. extends that up into the low seventies, that's huge. Oh, uh, again, the buzz, and I'm going to use that buzzword to steer it towards one of the subjects we've talked about a little bit. How about Reddit and the hot stocks now? <laughs> hey, you know what, uh, Chris, and this is for all of our podcasters. Okay, those of you that have podcasts, I'm probably going to end up doing a video on it because my son came up to me as, you know, as I'm talking about, boy, I would love to be able to just, I'm a data guy. I know you are too. Right. Love to be able to take all the sentiment from Wall Street bets and be able to calculate who's talking about what and whether it's positive or negative. Well, somebody's already done it. So there's a, um, there's a website out there called Swaggy Stocks, swaggystocks.com. Check it out, guys. You'll you'll definitely love this if you want to see where the Reddit crowd is as a whole. I'm looking at it right now on my phone, and um, you know, I mean, hey, you know what? We can't share screens on a podcast, but I can show that. See that, guys? There's mm. Swaggy Stocks, and what it does is it shows you, uh, you know, as I'm looking at it right now, it's showing me where everyone is. And then it shows me, like right now, the number one stock that's being talked about as of this podcast. Well, we're back on GameStop again, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. And Rocket Mortgage is second with Peloton taking the bronze medal in terms of um, uh, the amount of uh, uh, the amount of attention, uh, both positive. Now, all three of these 
have much more positive uh, than negative because you know the Wall Street bets crowd. They're a long crowd. They like to buy stock. They like to buy expensive calls. Uh, I don't hear any of them talking about selling puts. Uh, you know, and I like to do what 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 people are not doing because this is uh, you know this might be a game to them to the moon. Uh, you know, um, hit the suits, diamond hands. The yep. suits got the suits got a bee sting a couple of weeks ago. Um, well, Melvin Capital got more than a bee sting, uh, but the suits in general got a bee sting. You know what they do with a bee sting? They sw- they they end up swatting the bee. Yep. And so you know. The, the, I can tell you one of the reasons why Reddit, the Reddit crowd went from a couple hundred thousand last year to now 9 million people following them uh, is because of a lot of the mainstream media attention. And guess who's in there watching them now? The hedge funds. Uh, Hedge funds are now more calculating and they're now saying, all right, let's get some ideas on what these folks are doing because they're pushing stocks to extremes and there are opportunities out there that hedge funds are taking advantage of and they're using companies like swaggy stocks to help them correlate the data. And you and I can too. Oh yeah. You know what? On that same note, today, today, first day of trading for ticker symbol B-U-Z-Z. That is a Van Eck social sentiment ETF, Tom. Wow. And you mentioned- Doesn't trade options though, but yeah. No. But you mentioned Beasting. One of the guys behind this <laughs> is uh, Dave Portnoy who yeah. is the CEO of Barstool, Barstool. Sports. And he is a three-time three beasting survivor, according to his bio, which I think is funny. This guy has been on the edge of a lot of things. And wow. I love what he's done with Barstool Sports, hooking oh, up too. to Penn National and the socializing fun. gaming. The, I mean, The I Barstool Fund is, is, has brought millions of dollars it's, in. It's amazing. These restaurants. Yeah, uh, and it's, it's Van awesome. Eck actually approached him and said, we are, we want to launch this. We've been watching sentiment for years, but this is the time to do it. And they literally have, if you haven't seen it, you can look it up on Twitter and all kinds of places. Dave Portnoy doing the press conference and it is a complete rip of Reddit, but I'm interested to see how this does because they're only rebalancing it once a month, 75 stocks over 5 billion in market cap. This is. It seems like it's a little slow moving. If you're really trying to pick up the Reddit crowd and yeah. trade on them, you right, can't right. rebalance once a month. These guys are in and out, or the move is done in three days. Look at Rocket. I mean, yeah, up and all back. right. So, so Chris, um, so you and I both kind of let's wrap this this part of this segment up. You and I both kind of think that uh, that we're going to see an end of the pullbacks. That uh, by the end of March, we will uh, be flat, if not higher. Yep. And, uh, you know, and we're looking at uh, clean and dirty energy. And there's a couple of other things that, that I have. I'm looking at obviously Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I expect that to be higher as well. Um, but uh, I was started this. I started off the podcast talking to you about me having a sleepless night last night. Mm-hmm. So it all started yesterday when I got a letter from the IRS. Now, when you get a letter from the IRS, Chris, are you excited and happy to open it? Or is there a little bit of fear and a little, the hair in the back of your neck standing up thinking, all right, what did I forget to do this time? I usually gauge it by how thick the letter is, Tom. Yeah. They don't send thin letters. And for some reason, they send a lot of bunk, you know, pages that so, are blank. So but- I open it up real quick. I peek at it. And then the first thing I see is this is not a bill. And immediately, ah, okay, let me see what this is about. 
then I send the, then I send it to my my CPA, and I go, "Is there anything we need to do?" She says, "Nope, mm-hmm. we got it covered." Um, then that started making me think about the IRS and start thinking about taxes in general, and start thinking about the new administration which is in, in place. I start thinking about the pandemic and all the money we're giving out. You know, I mean, we've got the we've got the um, the, the you know paycheck protection plan, which started last year. We got another potentially another fourteen hundred dollars going out to everybody this time around. A little less people now than last year receiving it. Um, PPP is starting again. So they're, they're going to do that for small businesses. I think they should have done that in the first place. They should not have uh, given uh, the, these PPP loans out to large companies. But you know what? That's that's in the rearview mirror. Another mistake that was made. Um, Chris, all this free money, it's got to be paid for. The, 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 check, is coming. Not free. the yeah. check is coming. You know, I'm 55. When, you know, is it going to affect me? Yeah, it's going to affect me. But you know who is really going to affect? My kids. Mm-hmm. Right? The ones who got to be really concerned about this are the millennials. The ones that you know, that, that survived the 2008 financial crisis. And after years of finally getting to the point where they are out of the job and they're in the career and they're advancing themselves. Now, you know, uh, these millennials got to be thinking, am I going to get this bill? Because there's only two ways that I know of that after spending trillions, and we're probably around six trillion right now, when you take a look at all the money that's gone out for COVID, got another one point nine coming. Um, another two. The U.S. For debt clock is the U.S. debt clock is spinning so fast; it's uh, it, it's absolutely insane. Um, you, you know, I mean, we're we're coming due. Somebody's going to have to pay for it. And the only way that the government uh, uh, handles these things is by debt financing, or by raising taxes, and you cannot finance debt with this kind of large number we're talking about here. Mm-mm. So there's, you know, there's stuff being talked around. Uh, there's a lot of stuff being talked out there. Um, uh, Elizabeth Warren's wealth tax is being discussed. Uh, there is some crazy, crazy stuff being discussed. I thought, you know, what I did was I went to the Biden tax plan, which is out there. Everybody could see it. It's at taxfoundation.org. You just got to go and search Biden tax plan. You'll bring it up. It's a couple months old, but um, it outlines some proposals that President Biden has. And then you've got all the crazy proposals that are out there uh, that all the um, a lot of the liberals are suggesting. Listen, let me just say this right off the bat. I pay a lot of taxes. And I am happy to pay taxes. And if my tax rate's going back up to, from the, uh, what is it, 37 to 39.6 or whatever it is, it's, you know, that reversion, which is going to happen, that's a minimum of what's going to happen. I'm fine with that. That, that. that really doesn't change much for me or anyone else. Um, but when you start telling me that my capital gains tax is going to get tied to my, um, my income, what, you know, first of all, why does it, you know, you're taking away to me and a lot of other folks out there, the idea to invest and be able to grab a capital gain and be able to enjoy the benefits of, of betting on or investing in small or large businesses. Yep. That's just my point. My, you know what I mean? And what I'm talking about is right now it's what, 20, 
25%, uh, to, you know, somewhere between 20, 25%. Uh, and then, you know, to go to the top tier, to go to, to a 39, 40%, all of a sudden you make it like an income. Well, why don't I just cash in all my stocks before that happens? And if I'm not the only one thinking about this, is that going to cause a, a run on Wall Street? Um, you know, those are some things that are going through my mind right now. How about you? What are you thinking as, you know, I, 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 opened, the, I opened the can of worms here for the last five minutes. Two sides, actually two or three sides. First of all, um, when you, one of the big things that your tax advisor, most people's tax advisors that trade the markets will, will start telling you is about the difference between capital gains and your short term, long and short, right? Yeah. Short term capital gains are already taxed at that that rate. I mean, that is exactly. not- so, as, as traders, we. I mean, you know what? I, as a trader and I trade, I know that going in, right. but as an investor- on the other side, you know, I got to think a couple of things. Do I take profits and pay the pay the smaller tax now before the 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 the, the potential increase comes down the road road, or do the exact opposite and never sell? Well, they're talking about putting it on somebody else right. when I'm gone. And at some point, though, when they're changing all the step up rules and all of that, then that goes away. I think. One of the things that's a weird little could happen, a derivative of this, is exactly what everybody's a little concerned about. Do people don't like the the way that we're seeing an increase? People are day trading. People are increasing the volume and the frequency of their trades. The, the yeah. retail investor is. And the government looks at this and says, well, it adds volatility to the market. And it does. In my opinion, it also makes for a better marketplace because you have more people involved in it. But at the more liquidity, time, more volume, more efficiency. Exactly. Yes. So it's all good, but you are now starting to feed that si same side of the the uh, that you're arguing against by telling people, well, you're going to get taxed the same whether you hold it for a year or longer, or whether you hold it for a week. So, right, I I think this is a it's kind of a mixed message that you're seeing sent. The other side is I do worry about what the people who have been holding on to shares of Tesla for the last ten years who have mega gains are going to do because you're right. People will look to say. All right, I'm going to trade this. Just I'm going to sell it just to shut down that cost basis. Take the lower tax hit. Um, I wonder if there's some way that they're going to grandfather some sort of if you've held something for so long, um, maybe extend even the capital gains out to three years or five years, something like that. Go, I mean, go yeah, or if they phase it in, or they or they they hit a sweet spot, which is maybe 25, 28 percent. Right. But you know, people, I don't think people will be that that concerned no. about it. But if you jump to, you know. Uh, treating it as ordinary income, uh, there's that's going to be a shock to the system. Yeah. So, um, Chris, as we end this week, uh, what what are you seeing uh, happening into the into next week, uh, into the rest of March, and uh, what are you looking at? I think we're looking at the last two weeks, week nine and week ten, are that little purge or that selling pressure that we needed to get out of the way. Watch the small cap. You know what, Tom? Just to glean on that inflation, look at the difference between the Russell two thousand value. The IWN is in Nancy and the IWO, or you can look at the IWM. Growth has been hit. Value hit a new high earlier this week, even though interest rates are going up. That's a sign that this is still going to be a little bit of trade off for large cap tech and some of those growth areas. But I think the market starts to climb its way out of this little two week hole. 
All right. And I'll just uh, end by saying this. I still think I, we see a lot more upside in uh, both Bitcoin and Ethereum. I added to Ethereum position uh, myself last week. And, um, and and I do see more and more institutions are getting involved in this. You're going to hear more news about this coming out. Yep. And I think it's going to further bolster these these new moves. I've got uh, 72,000 uh, as my next target. Uh, obviously, we've got to break above 58. We get above 58, and that's what I'm seeing as a an, as a Fibonacci extension. It takes us up to 72,000 for Bitcoin and puts us, you know, I mean, we were already at the, tw- the 2,000 level. We're very close to it for Ethereum, and I see Ethereum up around 2,400 uh, if those numbers do stand to be correct. So that's it, Chris, and that's it for all of you who are at home or abroad or wherever you're watching or listening to us. I want to thank you again for being a uh, Profit Strategies podcast listener viewer, and we'll see you again next week. Take care. Bye now. See you, Tom.